Delicious meets nutritious in the snack that packs a real protein punch, wonderful pistachios. Each one-ounce serving of wonderful pistachios has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value and making wonderful pistachios one of the highest protein nuts. But perhaps more than that, I love all of the flavors they have. Their sea salt and vinegar ones are my favorite when I'm craving that flavor but want to keep it healthy. But that's just the tip of the iceberg. Wonderful pistachios come in a variety of flavors, like chili roasted, honey roasted, smoky barbecue, and jalapeno lime, perfect for enjoying with family and friends or taking them with you on the go. Whether you're a pistachio purist who loves cracking open every nut or you prefer the convenience of no-shells pistachios, Wonderful Pistachios has got you covered. Grab Wonderful Pistachios and elevate your snacking game today. So fill up with a healthy snack when hunger strikes. Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. That's wonderfulpistachios.com. This is Optimal Health Daily, episode 1813. Why What's Your Excuse Isn't That Helpful? Part 1 by JC Dean of jcdfitness.com. And I'm Dr. Neil. Hey there, happy Saturday, and welcome back to Optimal Health Daily, where I simply read to you from the best health and fitness blogs for free. And on Fridays, like yesterday, I answer your questions. You can send one in at oldpodcast.com slash ask or email it directly to health at oldpodcast.com. Now, today's episode is a little longer than normal, so I'll read the first half today and then finish up the rest for you tomorrow. So with that, let's jump right in and hear part one and start optimizing your life. Why What's Your Excuse Isn't That Helpful? Part 1 by J.C. Dean of jcdfitness.com I'm sure you've read it over and over again. You've seen the before and after pictures of people who have lost 20 pounds in eight weeks. And right above those photos, you'll see a nice caption of, So, what's your excuse? Which is meant to inspire and urge you to action. But it doesn't typically do this for most people. Instead of spurring you into action, it just makes you feel badly, like all of the effort you've put in isn't good enough, or you're just not cut out for improving your body and getting into better shape. When someone shoves before and after photos in your face and asks you what your excuse is, it's not really helping you uncover the root of your inaction. I mean, let's face it, if you're not getting the results you want with your training and diet, there are a handful of things that could be going wrong. Something is wrong, but what do you fix? It could be a problem with inaccurately tracking your intake. It could be that you miss your training sessions consistently. It could be that you make all these plans to get it done, but by the end of the day, you're just spent from all the other obligations in life. There are a bunch of reasons to blame for why you may not be getting the results you want. You can even call these excuses if you want to, but that's not entirely helpful. Not at least until you understand the reasons why you have these so-called excuses. For instance, If you ran me through all the reasons why you couldn't do something and I told you to just do the work, would you be able to do it? Probably not. Telling you to just do the work or asking what your excuses are in a condescending manner does nothing for getting you to actually make the changes you want. It's lazy, but easy, for someone to simply say, do the work and nothing else. But that happens every single day. Can't gain weight? Oh just eat more. Not losing fat, just eat less than you burn. Not getting stronger, just keep lifting. You're probably not working hard enough. 
you probably get the point. Most of these mantras like, just do it, sorry Nike, and what's your excuse, are shallow ideas that don't ask you to dig deeper and make some sense of why things are not happening the way you want them to. They fail to help you understand yourself on a level that allows you to make the changes necessary to be where you want to be. So here are two ideas. One, the voices in your head are real and they're not always helpful. And two, you probably don't need any more willpower or motivation. And I bet you're not inherently lazy. The voices in your head can be harsh. The amount of visual and auditory stimuli we receive every single day is staggering. Ideas are given to us through our conversations with others, what we read, what we listen to, be it the news or podcasts. We see ads on the street, in the subway, on TV, in this here internet, on our phones, in the games we play. It's everywhere. Not only do we get all of this influence from the outside world, we also talk to ourselves. And those external messages affect the things we say to ourselves. And many times that voice, also known as self-talk, is not so kind. For whatever reason, that tiny voice will often tell us we need to be more muscular, less fat, taller, prettier or more handsome, skinnier, stronger in the gym, blah, blah, blah. Many of those messages are negative by default because they focus on all the supposed flaws and they tend to remind us over and over about what we don't have or wish we had. Quick question, would you dare say the things you say to yourself to a close friend or a stranger? If not, this should be a sign that it may not be best to say these things to yourself. I'm not sure why, but humans have this odd trait of focusing on the negative and forgetting all the positive stuff. So when we feel like we need more muscle, the thought process tends to be in a negative frame. Something like, ugh, I'm so small and weak. I wish I had more muscle, but it's just so hard. I just don't have what it takes. It would be much more useful if the narration in our heads went something like this. I might be small and weak now, but I won't be for long. I'm training hard. I'm eating right. And I will stick to that process until I'm bigger and stronger than ever. As you just heard, there's a stark contrast in the things you have the possibility of telling yourself, but we tend to default to the negative mode. A trick you can perform on yourself every time you have a negative thought, or any thought really, is to play devil's advocate and say the exact opposite to yourself. This is especially useful if you're used to saying negative things to yourself. Here's an example. Let's say your negative thought goes something like this. Exercise is too hard. I hate going to the gym because I'm never going to be the size I want to be. Now, flip that to the following positive thought. Exercise is challenging, but I'm getting better. I like going to the gym once I get started with the training and I feel great afterward. I know I'll reach my goal weight soon. Okay, I know this is simplistic and if it feels odd the first time, that's normal. I'm using this as an example to show you that you're capable of thinking something completely different than your default. And with practice, you could begin telling yourself things that are much more pleasant and gratifying. And when you learn to observe the negative self-talk and change it on the spot, you'll begin to see that your actions will probably change as a result. To be continued. You just listened to part one of the post titled, Why What's Your Excuse Isn't That Helpful? by J.C. Dean of jcdfitness.com. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform 
with over 350 million global monthly visitors and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it filters out incompatible applicants. So when you're hiring, the process is much faster and you only have to consider applicants that are already likely to be a great fit. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com health. Just go to indeed.com health right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com health. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Dr. Neil here for my commentary. There was a time when folks would tie a rubber band around their wrist, and any time they had a negative thought, they would snap that rubber band. Well, guess what would end up happening? And you probably guessed right. People will stop using that rubber band. Why? Because no matter what, people don't like pain. And so no matter what types of thoughts a person would have, negative or positive, that rubber band snapping would eventually stop and the behavior would never change. This is a type of what we call self-punishment. And what we've realized is it doesn't work. Again, this is because people don't like to punish themselves. Punishment only really works when it comes from a level of authority, when it comes from somewhere or from someone that has control over you with real consequences. So think parent and child. A parent can punish the child by maybe grounding them and saying, you can't have your phone for a week. That's a position of authority. But when it comes to ourselves and managing our own thoughts and behaviors, we're not so great at punishing ourselves. We could say we're not gonna use our phone for the next week and punish ourselves that way, but guess what'll happen? We'll say, eh, forget that. I'm gonna go ahead and use my phone anyway. So what we need to do instead, as JC so perfectly outlined, is restructure or reframe the way we think. Instead of being negative, let's try and focus on the positive. Now, that doesn't mean we accept who we are and just say, well, I'm never gonna change. That's my way of positive thinking. No, just know that we always can improve, but we don't wanna harp on the negative all the time. We can focus on the things that we have been doing well and use that as motivation to keep us going. And I've said this on the show many times before. When we look at Dr. Sean Acor's work, especially when he looks at happiness and positive thinking, when you train your brain to focus on positive things, you actually completely change your life experience because what he says is you train your brain to focus on the positive. You're actually retraining your brain actually to focus on the positive things instead of the negative. And what we're learning is that has not only profound effects on motivation, but profound effects on your overall health and wellness. All right, thank you as always for listening. I hope you have a great rest of your Saturday if you're listening in real time. And I'll see you back here tomorrow where I'll finish up this post and where your optimal life awaits.